Stefano, he's back for round two. My apologies, mate. I don't know what happened last time. I think the mic was playing up and we had shit audio quality, but we're back. Appreciate you doing a second one, man. I understand Thanks, you're yeah. busy. No worries. Good, Thanks How for having me back. I'm good, man. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, man. Good to see you. You've had a new tattoo since and uh, very interesting, man. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, man. Painful? Oh, yeah, that's the question. Oh, it's very painful, man. It's very painful. The, neck. the guy... Was the neck. The neck... Yes. Well, the, the this part, no. The back of the neck was very painful. I don't know if, it's, if it might was the most painful part, but, you know, the face and the head. I thought the head wasn't going to be painful, but it was, actually. Yeah. The only not painful part was, was the shoulder. But... um the guy uses this very big needle that's called magnum because you know it's it's only lines and so you need you can go very fast so it's more yeah. painful than a normal tattoo but it's it's kind of fast it took only two hours and a half to to do all of this part not too bad man two and a half hours i haven't i haven't gone above the neck yet i've kept oh ah, this is painful too yeah the chest man the, the uh, chest is painful especially the white bit man you know i had to go over it and over it and it yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. I haven't had one for ages, man. I need to. Uh, I need to finish off. It's uh, it's addictive, isn't it? Nice. Um, but now, nah, man, good to see you. Thank you for doing round two. Um, the first question I asked you last time, mate, was why and when did it start? You haven't always been vegan, just like me. I think we're the same age, aren't we? 30, 31, 29? 29 years old. Yeah. Twenty nine, thirty. Yeah. So we, I think we're about the same time, mate, as me. Uh, so how did it start, mate, and and what happened? So, um, so yeah, I haven't always been vegan. I was eating, you know, a lot of, a lot of meat before. And something interesting uh, from, from me is that I really was a species. So I was really not seeing an individual inside of an animal. In fact, I remember this time when I was in my cousin's house, he had this, this rabbit as a pet and, um, and, uh, you know, for me, it was stupid you know, because I saw rabbits in the cages when I was, when I was a kid and I would eat, eat rabbits. So, so looking at this, this rabbit there, um, I don't know. I just couldn't see the individual inside of the rabbit and I, and I made a joke about it. And, uh, I thought that we should kill it, kill him and, uh, and make, make dinner with it and cook it with potatoes. And I think. And I think most people like that are not even vegan wouldn't make that joke. You're, you're right. They would be more connected to the animals. They would kind of love animals more than I do now. Uh, I mean, no, than I did, than I did before, before, uh, before being vegan. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's definitely coming from the fact that I was conditioned to it as a kid. Like uh, when I was, when I was young, my neighborhood, was full of family farms. So I would go to my friends in the, in the house close to mine and they would have, you know, chicken in cages. And, uh, I will, I saw a pig being slaughtered when I was a kid. So I think that conditioned me a lot to make, to make this disconnection. Right. Uh, but then I had, as I got older, about 14 years old, like this happened when I was six years old and then when I grow, when I was older, about 14 years old, I got a dog and I loved the dog. 
Uh, he was sleeping with me. We would do everything together. Come with me with the friends. Would come with me if I go to every, every, everywhere. And and this is where I think my first, um, you know, step forward towards recognizing animals and as individuals happen because I remember my dog was biting, biting a um, a furniture, like a drawer. Right. And I slapped him a very strong because he was doing it. And then I look at him and I never, and I never, um, uh, did anything like that to him. Um, but you know, I, th- I think that's coming from the way they teach us how to treat animals in a way you need to dominate them and they need to respect them. But in the moment I realized that because it was it was very sad that I was upset with him, right? And I did that to him, and um, I felt I felt very bad. I re- to 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 have slapped him. I realized that um, he just didn't know that there was something wrong. It was just uh, I don't know, having fun biting the wardrobe. <laughs> That's it, and he didn't. He uh, you know he didn't deserve deserved such reaction and. Um, I think that's that's where people get get wrong animals you know like we expect we expect from them to kind of behave the way we do you know and and therefore we we judge them and we put them into a um a lower you know a lower you know kind of um how would you say i can't find the word um. I know what you're trying to say, yeah, yeah. Like um, you, you expect less, then less, then lesser than us, right? And so they don't reserve, yeah, yeah. deserve respect. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, life life goes on, and um, the first real change that I made towards veganism was while I was traveling in Asia. And um, traveling in Asia, you see how you see how development and modern behaviors and um, economy does to the environment so because you don't have law enforcement there as we do in europe and uh, england probably i imagine america too Um, so so you see the the waste into the river you know you see that you see that big businesses don't have that much respect for uh, taking care of their own uh, environmental impact. Actually, big companies, big companies do go there for this reason, right? They know they can, um, they can save money on this. They don't, they don't have to. They can just throw chemicals inside of the rivers, and you know, no one is going to tell tell them anything. And so I saw these rivers that were purple, mate, and uh, and plastic thrown in, you know, and the and um, and so yeah, and and I realized that something was wrong. I remember traveling with a with my with the bus when I was in Laos. I also saw a lot of forests burned down, completely like there was full full side of mountains completely burned, and they were not just random random fires. There were fires because then I made the the, the research, and they, those were fires specifically. Um, started to do farming, whether it's 
uh, animal farming or it is plant farming. Uh, but you know, like just humans destroying the environment without, without much control. Mm. And so that is where I, I had a um, food poisoning, poisoning there. And I, for the first time, I saw cowspiracy because I had time to do stuff. So I said, okay, let's, let's see what, what happened, what's happening to the environment actually. And I bumped into cowspiracy and I realized that animal products and animal agriculture is the, the leading cause of this. It just made sense. I mean, yeah, the, the thing that made sense the most to me was the fact that, uh, you know, eating animals, is uh it may it needs 10x resources right mm. because you are eating an animal that's three times bigger than you and it needs to eat three four times more than you for a uh, x amount of time because it, before it's ready to be sent to a slaughterhouse and uh cut into pieces so you can actually eat it you know and, and, and this is where I, I don't get most people that don't get this you know like for me it's always been so so straightforward. It's logic. You don't need studies, I think, to understand this, right? Yeah. And people go go into studies and they, they they pick up some very very random random points that don't make sense to to say that no, actually, you know, being vegan doesn't save the environment. But I mean, it's yeah. so straightforward to me. Don't you think? Yeah, crazy. It's, it's all there to see, isn't it? You haven't even got to look at anything, uh, to be honest. You can just kind of work it out from from simple maths. I'm, I'm sure. Um, what what age were you, mate, when you when you saw this chaos people seeing you were travelling and you kind of made the realization that the environment is fucked? Twenty four. I was twenty four years old, and yeah. So so realizing that the environment is fucked for me was a good enough was a good enough reason to to go plant-based. I use the word plant-based because I, you know, I eliminated almost completely animal products, but because I was connected to the environment mainly, and I didn't see the individual inside the animal, or I didn't value the suffering of animals in animal agriculture. Um, and I, and, and I did miss the taste of seafood so once per year, or maybe twice per year, you know, during the like Christmas period, I would um, I would break the rule and have prawns or fish, and I would think, you know, like if everyone would would do like me, then we would have such an, a positive impact in the environment um, to the environment. That, that, and that's the truth. That's the truth. That, that's the truth. That's why that's why there shouldn't be the, the word vegan. Um, shouldn't be used for uh, the environmental topic or the health topic. You know, those are benefits that come with it. But if you want to address the environment and the health, the reality is that if you are mostly consuming plant-based, you know, you're making a huge change to your diet towards more plant-based um, diet, you will have health benefits and uh, you will make a positive impact for the environment. Mm. And this is how we went, you know, I, I went on for, uh, was I think three years, two years and a half, something like that. 
and I still have that strong disconnection. In fact, I remember that my girlfriend uh, that met me after I was plant-based for the environment, um, <clears throat> she wasn't vegan, uh, but, you know, I made a good point to her about being vegan and stuff. And at the end of the day, she, she went vegan too, but she wanted to be vegan for health reason, right? She was, she didn't want to, she wanted to do it for herself. So she was just uh, this good example of uh, selfishness that there is in, in, in humans, right? And, um, and for me, it was for the environment. So we were, no, it's more, it's more about the environment. It's more, it's more about health. This was the discussion that we were having. And then once she made a point for, uh, for the animals, like the cows and, uh, and all I knew how to answer was, uh, but they are, they are there because of this, right? Why, why do we, why should we care about cows? So I, I still, I was still very, very disconnected. And I'm, I'm lucky enough, man, like no one tried to make me understand the point, really. Like she didn't move into the argument. I don't know if she had some more empathy than me towards animal in that moment. So I don't think so. I don't think so. But I, rem I do remember there was this vegetarian girl, girl once during one of these uh, Christmas times, right? At the way I was having f fish and, and seafood. She was vegetarian, and uh, I think I think she knew much more about the ethics of veganism because she was saying you cannot be vegan one, you know, you cannot be vegan and then have fish once per year. And 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 I told her the same. You know, I think I think if everyone would do like me, there would be there would be a positive impact. And and she was looking at me like she knew. You know, she knew something more than I knew at the time, but she didn't make any point. Um, because I, maybe she knew as she, she was, she knew as well that by being vegetarian, she was also not, not, not doing well and not being not, in line. Percent, yeah. Yeah. Yes. You know, well, I, I think I didn't know, to be honest. I, th I think I didn't know. I think she, she would step forward and make her point about veganism. Maybe I would have woken up earlier because the, here's the thing I would I needed to someone to guide me through that rational thought you know and, and made made me connect the point and this is what happened during covid when I stopped again um and I started to become uh, to to build my online business so uh trying to understand while trying to understand how to do to do marketing, uh, one of the things uh, that I learned is the best you can do is really try to be yourself and really be true to your to your values. So, because I was in this vegan thing, it's like okay, like let, let's learn more about veganism and let's let's see what what uh, activists are doing, what online vegan presences are talking about. And I soon and I soon find out that what they uh, they focus on is uh, is ethics, like right? and what happens what happens to so animals. Would you say that you started off as like an environmentalist, and as time yes. went on, you then you then kind of discovered the ethics side and you know what goes on. Um, if if you started off as you know an environmentalist, what would you say the main reason is now for for being vegan? Is it ethics or health or 
or is it still the environment or no it's absolutely um and that that's what the point i was going to come across now um definitely right now um, is is about ethics as i said before mm-hmm. vegan is only about ethics okay and uh and then we have, of course, the ben- the benefits of environment and the health, and it should be brought into the conversation. But um, that's a side hustle that we that we have. Otherwise, if you are talking about environment and health, you should be using the word plant based. Mm-hmm. So, so what happens? I look for what the vegan presences are doing, and um, I, I I meet on YouTube Joy Carbstrong. And you know, I I just needed these these simple words from the from the guy. You know, it just, I just needed to someone that that, that that tells me that animals are spe- are people. You know, there is an individual inside of them that is experiencing life, and they suffer, they fear, they have friends, so they're not different from us in so many in so many in so many points and when you when you put them in those horrible situation killing them in gas chamber hanging them upside down pushing them into into um into their way to be killed they 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 are they are scared they know what's happening they're smart they they're people they're just like us and and of course i was already vegan for a long time so i kind of already knew that it was unnecessary to to eat animal products and uh, i finally made that connection i finally recognized the individual inside of the animal um because i had nina too like my dog i just adopted my dog so i i was looking at her too so she had me because i was looking at her and finally truly understand what that meant yeah yeah and so yeah that that's how i then went vegan and of of course another step 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 forward that i made um that i made there was the 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 feeling that i wanted to do something about it because even when i was an environmentalist i wanted to do something about it like i i did believe that vegan was it was the way to go but it's much more difficult to to make it a strong argument when you have conversation right because why why because yeah sure you can be plant-based and and make a good impact for the environment but what if you have also a airplane company right? you make money with airplanes so like you see so you can you need to address many different things i think when you are advocating for the environment it's not only 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 plant-based everyone can do different changes in order to make the impact and so i did not really feel good when i was advocating for veganism for the environment but i i realized that i realized that the, when it comes to ethics there is there is no excuse towards it and uh, there is no excuse towards it and i thought that most people don't know what happens in slaughterhouses and they did need and they do need to make the same connection that i needed to make in order to do the right thing 
uh, and then and that ignited that fire on me, and I said, you know, I really want to, I want, I want, want to take this this path of being an animal rights activist and uh, move from there. That's my. Was story. there a certain video, or um, was there a certain? Did did something happen specifically for you to think, right, that's it? I don't want to just sit there doing nothing about it. I want to start activism. Uh, did something was something <clears throat> the turning point for you? I think it was listening to Joy Carpstrom. Joy Carpstrom, because I, I never, I never liked people making excuses. I've been a very straight to the point person all the time. Let's say about fitness, right? I always knew, I always knew the benefits of fitness. You know, I always knew that if I wasn't look, following my workout plan, I was just doing something bad to myself and I would recognize it. And, uh, on the other side, you, uh, all of my friends, were all complaining about the way they look. They were all complaining about their uh, their unhealthy lifestyle, but then they wouldn't do anything about it. Um, and when I would, and, and sometimes when you try to motivate these people, uh, you know, they're trying to make excuses over excuses, and so they they also have this hypocrisy in the in, to be between what they want for themselves and then not taking action, right? So. By listening to Joy Carpstrom, I kind of had the same. I was recognizing myself there. I recognized mm-hmm. myself. Okay, but this is. I was like, this is pretty straightforward. Like this cannot be argumented in a way that's going to be debunked. And um, I feel like I am very straightforward, and I want to do that. And I think animal abuse is wrong. So they need. Animals need a voice like this that's straightforward and say the truth to the face of people that um, just cruel to keep doing that. Yeah. And uh, that what made me that what made me want to be an activist, you know, just just mm. looking at Joy Castron um, and realizing that I could do the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're a little bit different to me in the terms of you know, the fact that you actually do activism. I don't do activism uh, just yet, or I don't know what the future will will hold. Um, But I feel like now I've got like a purpose, whereas, uh, you know, before I just, I don't, I don't really understand what I did before. You know what I mean? Surely uh, you you need some kind of goal, you know what I mean? Or some kind of, you know, some, some purpose to, to make the world a better place or whatever. Do you feel like you've, you've got, that purpose now and before you were a little bit lost or amazing man that that's a very great point i think i think a lot of a lot of men are uh, and strong women you know are result driven and purpose purpose driven and i wouldn't say i was necessarily completely lost i always been looking for a goals a goal to chase but has never been so strong than this one, you know, and absolutely, absolutely never been to actually, to actually make me feel like, for example, I wanted to party even less because I wanted to prioritize doing anim- animal rights activism during the weekend. So, you know, like doing something that require, that require, um, stepping forward and stepping out of your comfort comfort zone and putting yourself in, a, in an uncomfortable position uh, instead of having fun during the weekend, right? So definitely I never had something that gave me such such a feeling of 
purpose in my life yes yeah yeah definitely i think um it's like all these celebrities who make loads of money get rich get famous and then they lose their fucking heads because they haven't got like a direction you know what i mean and it happens with a lot of people yeah I think definitely. you've got you've got something to aim for which is why going on to the next point the gym and you know body recomposition muscle building fat loss that's why that's so important because Again, I don't understand how people who don't go to the gym, um, you know, I mean, I, I don't function unless, unless you know, I'm constantly making myself better. Um, in it, you know, I can imagine, you know, looking at the, the, the shape of you and, and what you've built and how long it's took and the dedication and the discipline. Um, I can imagine it's been the same for you as well. So you're obviously, I mean, I did do an extra 10 press-ups this morning just to make sure... Uh, I was uh, up to scratch, man. But uh, yeah, how, how's, how's your uh, how's your fitness been since turning vegan? You know, and I know that enough protein. Uh, you know, <laughs> you've got enough protein. Getting <clears throat> what 120 gram per day. I try and hit 160. Um, how's it been since turning? Have you noticed any difference? Is it the same? Uh, and how would you compare plant protein to animal protein? Is uh, a plant protein compared to? animal protein. Well, I'll tell you this. The difference is that, um, uh, is that I now, I now don't think anymore that uh, the protein are a big deal. I really don't. Mm. Um, why? Because I think if you, you know, if you eat well, whether you were an omnivore or a vegan, if you eat well, you get enough protein. So I, I don't, I don't see the point of, of, of making protein such a big deal. We definitely have that, you know, studies, studies shows that there is a way of optimizing your protein intake, right? So that there are some benefits apparently if you eat more protein, you optimize uh, your results. But how important is optimizing? I, I'm, I'm, I'm learning and I have the feeling that what's happening with uh, all the scientific industry is that at the end of the day, what people understand from these optimization of things that this is the only way to do it rather than, you know, this is the best optimal way you can, you can do it, but you are fine. Even if you don't do that, I think, I think, and that that's, that's the, the, my mindset right now towards protein. I think that for me, optimizing is by eating 160 grams of protein is not needed. And also, like, if you uh, eat 160 grams of protein, I would say that you have protein shakes too, right? Sometimes, mate. I'm not, I'm not quite diehard on the shakes. I'll have some, you know, on a Monday. I might not have it on a Tuesday, and then I'll have one on a Wednesday. So it's not, I'm not mm. too regimented with it, to be honest. But obviously, it's easier. Mm-hmm. Would you, would you have, like... How, do you, how, how would you say is that the, the, you get to your 160 grams of protein? I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll look at my my fitness palette and I'll read it out. So this will be interesting, mate, because this will be interesting because you eat the same as me. I think we're on three thousand to three point two. Is that right? Uh, I'm more like two thousand eight hundred. Okay. Yeah. I think last time I spoke to you, you said you were on three thousand. So I'm yeah, two thousand. Yeah, yeah. on roughly. I'm on roughly three thousand anyway. So it would be quite interesting to uh, to look down our list. So, how will I get my 160? Um, 
I will get it through. Green pea pen, soy milk, green lentil and tomato soup, shredded wheat, bananas. Um, yesterday I didn't have a shake and I ate 160, I think. I had um, plant power, <clears throat> sliced Warburton's bread, hummus, yeast flakes, salted peanuts, white rice, flax seeds, satay sauce, nuts, super firm tofu, sargaloo, tortilla wrap, avocado oil. So, yeah, I mean, it, don't get me wrong, if I don't try and I don't focus on protein, I'm going to get about 90 to 100. But if I do mm-hmm. put a little bit more effort in, you know, and have like a protein bar or whatever, 160 is usually the, the average. What about yourself? Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like kind of the structure of our diet is kind of the same, but um, I do, well, let me, let me double, let me check too. What happens if I... Yeah, Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, that's good, mate. Yeah. All right. Let me let me just check what I do. So yeah, it's about uh hundred and hundred and twenty for me. I just yeah, what I what I think is just is just that that um it's better to have whole whole food rather than have um protein shake or protein bar or even or satan for the matter you know i know that there's a lot of fitness enthusiasts that uh you know when, when they talk about what's the best protein sources and they say all right soy chunks and then you have satan you know this they usually start with those ones but yeah true they have very high in protein but i don't think it's good to promote the use uh, the use of these two foods for example into your diet because i would say you should have lentils and you should have tofu right so mm-hmm. nat- natural food not processed not processed stuff that has also iron minerals vitamins in it you know um, legumes are anti-carcinogenic right so that's what i look at more than eating higher amount of protein is it wrong to have a protein shake no you can have a protein shake fine mm-hmm. But um, but you want to mean real food, man? Gorillas eat fruit. Are you as strong as a gorilla? No, we are not as strong as a fucking gorilla. And a gorilla doesn't. I don't think they get so many protein. You know, of course they they are a bit different. This is a controversial thing thing to say. When when I wasn't building, when I was just kind of, you know going over the park, doing calisthenics, running. I didn't even count my calories, you know, I just I just did whatever. And when I when I look back at what I was eating and I put it in there, I was having 90 gram, 80 gram, 70 gram some days. And if you look at my body now compared to then, there's not too much of a difference really. You know, I've gone from say 90 gram to 160. And I, I think I agree, there's, there's not really, it, there's not really much benefit to have more than, than that you know what I mean and I think it is overhyped and I think in the last 10 years the big protein push you know I think it's uh mm. it's got inside yeah. people's heads a little bit too much you know what I mean whereas now they're like you need mm-hmm. protein you need protein well looking at yourself on 120 uh plant protein as well which is the equivalent of what to a free chicken breast but yeah it's usually it's definitely less most of the time so it's between 100 and 110 and 120 yeah so you'd say about 110 average kind of thing probably yes 
And how would you say your muscle building has gone since changing? Do you think it's the same? So, yeah, I mean, I, I do actually track it in a way that's pretty uh, well measurable. Uh, so I, I do my, the average weight over five days and then I, and I, um, measure my abdominal fat, right? So I imagine like if I have the same abdominal fat, so same fat percentage and my weight goes up, I build some muscle. Now it's a bit, um, sometimes I don't actually do that. So I don't know right now, but yes, I did. I did kept build muscle since I'm vegan. I've definitely built at least, at least two extra kilograms of muscle right right now. I cannot, you know, you are uh, asking me that and uh, I didn't expect you asking me that. So I don't know, but I'm sure for sure two kilograms of muscle I did build in. Uh, and if you think it's not much in five years, um, it's in, and not you, the, the listeners, listeners as well, it's that you don't understand, you know, that if you are a nat- natural and you're training, um, you do, you reach some point where your genetic potential are there. You know, you, you don't just get huge naturally. It really depends a lot from, from your genetics. And I, I do have good genetics, I think. So, so yeah. And I've definitely been progressing since I'm vegan. I kept building muscle. I kept, I kept getting stronger and stronger than ever. And, uh, even when I usually when I go to gym in Kaisteks Park, I'm actually the the biggest there. So <laughs> people always yeah. uh, make me compliments as well, and they are shocked from the fact that I am that I'm vegan. But here's the thing: I think I think I do find benefits in the way I feel. So I do, I do think I have more energy to, to train overall. I just feel health, healthier overall. And then I, that I think helps with training and getting stronger. And I think it helps a lot with endurance training with my cardio. Mm. I I think I have seen some improvements, some improvements, um, there too. I do keep boxing four times per week and, you know, I, I, I do feel great. And, uh, also there, my, 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 my workout mates at kickboxing, um, are all, you know, often shocked from my performances and my endurance. So maybe there is some, some benefits with the, within the training. And, but I think it's more related to the fact that I'm healthier overall, thanks to eating more, uh, more fruit and vegetables. I think yeah. it's related to that. 100%, Matt, yeah. My next question was going to be about recovery because a lot of people say to me on here, their recovery is just through the roof. And I agree, but I think I know the answer. I think I know what you're going to say anyway. So my next question would be, when was the last time you were ill? And have you noticed that you get Ill oh. a lot less than, than before? I mean, that's, so that's, that, I, am a, I think I'm a great example of that. Uh, in this point, because I have asthma, so I'm diagnosed with asthma. And uh, when I was a kid, I have bronchopneumonia. Like I'm talking about when I was two, three years old, right? So my, uh, my metabolism was very weak already because I was a kid. And then being, having asthma 
as a diagnosed disease made things worse. So I was in the hospital with bronchopneumonia multiple times, getting injections, medicines, you know, bad. Um, I had to be with, uh, followed by a doctor. So my, I would have an uh, inhaler daily for asthma. Um, and I was, I was always getting sick, you know, at least, uh, I would say two, maybe two times per year. I'd get, uh, I get fever, infection, you know, I had to take antibiotics. Um, it would take for me ages to, to feel, to feel better. And I wasn't just getting sick because I know, I know many people that just get somewhat sick and they keep, keep going on with my life, with their life. But for me, it was never like that. I get sick. I'm, I'm destroyed for a week, a week or more. Uh, and I felt it, you know, I felt like that my metabolism was, was weak all the time, was weak all the time. And since I'm vegan, I, that, that, that actually, apart from COVID, I got COVID and, uh, and, uh, that was pretty fucked. Like I, but you know, I guess, <laughs> I guess that's different. You know, it's a new, completely new virus. It was very strong. It was, uh, I mean, we had a, an epidemic, you know, out, out of it. Yeah. So. Uh, and, and of course it's not like you are uh, immortal as a vegan, right? Mm -hmm. It's not, it's like a, you're immune from, from everything, but so I, that, that didn't happen. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, but definitely, um, that what happened in, as I stopped getting sick, I just stopped getting sick that way. And I finally actually experienced this slight sickness that I never experienced before. You know, sometimes I would get, um, you know, my nose a bit, a bit stuck, you know, because maybe I would, I would get a bit of cold, but it did never, that never happened in the past. Like if I would get some cold fever, 39 degrees in the best five days, you know, so, uh, my, my metabolism is, is definitely improved and also i don't use my inhaler for asthma but this is something that i eliminated from from my life before being vegan as well uh i did my blood tests they were all good they were all good um my b12 actually was too high doctors suggested that i stop supplemented for for a period of time and just just watch just to add something to what happened uh, during the blood test because it was not not long ago was um uh was last year i think last year mm. was just some uh liver thing going on that the doctor said not uh no worry about you still there yeah yeah go on mate yeah yeah um, to not to worry about, but, um, you know, we need, we do need to consider the fact that I was a bartender and I was drinking, I was drinking every day. I was taking drugs during the weekend. I mean, my liver had in a hard time in that sense. So, <laughs> you know, can't expect that everything is going to, uh, regenerate just because you, 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 you've been vegan five years, you know, you, if you, if you do bad choices, bad health choices, that's going to have some kind of consequence. But I mean, it was not, it was nothing serious. It was just some abnormal 
levered it and he, he said that uh, it's fine. So, yeah. Talking of booze, did you notice uh, a worse hangover? By the way, I cannot, I cannot see you right now. So, I don't know. You can't see? No. I'm, I don't know what's happened, mate. Nothing changed, but... Um, okay. Uh, I don't know. Uh, let's have a look. I'm not sure what's happened, mate. I'm still... I can see myself and I can see you, so maybe we'll uh, just carry on. Um, yeah. Yeah, talking of booze, did you, get, did you get a worse hangover at the very start? I've heard that lower levels of zinc, which can happen when you make the change, um, stops the elimination process of ridding eth- ethanol from the body or something like that. So I noticed a really bad hangover, which which I'm glad of because it, it stopped me from drinking so much. Uh, can you say the same? Hmm. Maybe yes, actually. Maybe it's something that... Um, or maybe it's age. Maybe I just got old at 26, 27 and that was it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's age because most people, I, I think most people say that, you know, that as you as you age, hangover get, get worse and worse, right? So... Yeah. I think it's probably more related to that. And it's also, I think, for me, some mindset thing that I think for me, when I was younger, life was a lot about yeah. partying. So yeah. so kind of for me, being in a hangover yeah. was, part of the, was part of the game. It was part of the game. It was like, this yeah. is how it is. Whether yeah. now I'm like, fuck that, you know, I want to feel good. I don't want to feel like shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's, there's a mindset uh, factor in these, in these as well. Yeah, I think um, I think you get to a point anyway where it's not as fun as it used to be. So you automatically stop anyway. So it kind of it kind of goes hand in hand with the with the bad hangovers because then it just goes right. You know, I'm not. I don't want to feel like that, and it's not as good as it used to be. So I'll have the day off, or I'll miss that party, or whatever. Mate, back on to... Is, that, is, is my camera back on, by the way? No. No? I don't know what's, uh, what's happened there. When I, put it, when I put it on, it says it's off. And when I put it off, I go black. Uh, when I put it on, it goes blank. So, oh, well, I'll leave it at that, mate. Um, but, yeah, I've recently heard your podcast with the carnivore girl. The one mm-hmm. Interesting. only eaten meat for four years or something. Uh, I had a little skim through it, man, and I heard what she said um you know about vegans in general but yourself who is probably twice the size of anyone i know anyway regardless of vegan or not she then said a few things about your health uh just recap on what was said to anyone who thinks that you can't number one be healthy on on a vegan diet and number two build muscle to recap what had been said in the in the podcast you mean yeah, yeah. So what was said, you know, against against the vegan or plant based diet? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean the, the the point she made is that she so she really thinks that eighty percent of vegans. So I don't know where she gets these stats. Eighty <laughs> percent of vegan will have some health complication at some point. Okay, so whether it's two years after you go vegan or it's fifty years after you go vegan, at some point you will go back to eating meat because you have some health complications, right? So, um, what else? 
And I don't know where she, where she get this from. I think it's it's true that there's a lot of vegans that go back, you know, and they actually have some health complication. But what people don't understand, I think, is that health complication is not something new. You know, people we can't hospital are full of people and they're not vegan. All right. So people need to understand that instead of thinking, oh, this happens because I'm vegan. Why don't you stay vegan because you want to stick to your values and talk with uh, someone, a vegan doctor and find what's actually the problem that making you feel sick. And sometimes you cannot even solve that problem, you know, so just, just eating some, some eggs and keep going back to paying for animal, real animal abuse is not even the solution. So, um, so yeah, I don't know where she got those things, those things from, but the sad thing is that she's basically, uh, basing her belief and supporting this disbelief that vegans, uh, a vegan diet, plant-based diet is not healthy and that most vegan with most vegan will rebound and they will need to eat animal products. She's creating a community of these people. She's creating a community of these people and trying to, okay, so you are a healthy vegan. Come here, eat meat five <laughs> times per week. This is the solution for you. And you will get these health benefits, right? Which I don't know. Uh, so what, feels crazy to feels crazy what, to me. What does she think about the 1.3 billion Hindus on the planet who don't eat, eat meat? What? I don't, oh yeah, she she came up with these stats saying that they are the the ones with the highest the highest rate of diabetes. And I was up and yeah, exactly. I was shocked by it. That's, that's not true. I think there might, it might, it might be, yeah. I mean, it, it might be a, a modern start, right? Because anyway, unfortunately, unfortunately, the beautiful direction that Indian culture was going towards a vegan diet just naturally has been, um, has been pushed back from the influence of, um, Western, yep. Western country, Western country, right? Western culture. And they actually started to eat Western culture and they, 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 they are eating more animal products now. So I, I believe that it might be true that they are having a higher diabetes rate. Might be, I don't think so. But if it is, if it's a modern start that's come from the fact that they're eating more animal products now instead of, instead of sticking to their, um, older culture and tradition when they have mostly vegetarian diet with, by the way, it's true that they eat dairy, but their diet is not based on being vegetarian. Actually, their diet is based on grains and legumes. This is what actually their diet is based on. Yeah. It's not like they go around with a block of cheese and that's their diet <laughs> they they drive they eat rice and lentils and potatoes you know if you go to an indian restaurant you you find out pretty soon that this is what they eat soups with uh with vegetables and legumes that's what they eat why do you think that me and you are not already enough proof for these people to understand that whatever their beliefs are, they're not backed up by physical evidence. I don't, I don't know what, what, why, why do you think, why do you, why do you think this is? 
Interesting. Is it is it because she just loves question. the tightest of cows that much that she has to attack the other side or what? I don't know. Interesting question. So I don't know, but when it comes to her, I think she has she had an underlying reason why she she could potentially be um, purposely lying, and that's the fact that she's she's coaching people to to recover from a vegan diet through a carnivore diet. So she has a very strong reason motivated by making money through this. Uh, and so she's just basically a bad person trying to brainwash people and make money out of it. So this could be one reason why she doesn't believe the evidence that in front of her. <laughs> and I don't really see but well, another reason. Well, another reason, but I think is not really, it's not really a hair case, you know, because at the end of the day, we, we did talk about ethics when I asked her if she would see a dog in the same way and she would kill a dog um, she wouldn't, she wouldn't, I wouldn't do it if it's, if it's not necessary, you know, I wouldn't do it if it's not necessary, but, um, yeah, but in the end of the conversation, when I try to make her a simple point to, to, to prove what veganism is about and is that the, the choice between killing a chicken and choosing the plant-based option, mm. um, she said that she would kill the chicken because, um, you know, the vegan option doesn't have all the nutrients. This is what she said. Crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And uh, honestly, I don't, I don't think she, she believed that because I asked her if she ever she ever if she ever killed an animal she she says she didn't so i don't know it's uh it's very weird man it goes into so many weird directions that i don't understand yeah. uh, you know you know like i think that there you see she, she see she does as again like she would not kill a dog so she she kind of respects animals some way right but but thinking that the best way to not harm animals is to kill an animal, you know, starting with this basic concept, it just doesn't make sense. I don't, I don't, and I don't know how you can make it sense out of yeah. it, even though the way she would try to do it is pointing at this specific way of animal farming that is called uh, regenerative farming, I think. Yeah. That uh, where, cool, yeah. yes, where you are, you know, you're rotating, rotating the cows towards a pasture, a pasture side when there is, uh, food for them. The food grows naturally because, uh, it's the perfect environment. Like in England, for example, that it rains a lot and you always have, you always have grass. So you are not, <clears throat> you're not uh, growing crops and you know you don't need to 
destroy forests and stuff like that. And the, okay, cool. Okay, so, but here's the thing. Why is she doing, is she using that example that is a minority or, well, not a minority, it's almost a non-existing situation in modern society, especially when we say, when we are going to buy the products on the supermarket, supermarket that, that, pro, that never happens. Even if it's in the label, they're probably lying to you. You're right. Um, why she's comparing only that situation to the average vegans that go to the supermarket? My point is, all right, if we do that, then we need to compare that to the perfect uh, and the perfect vegan situation where we actually minimize harm to the point that we are not killing insects and that is possible and that is possible so so when we go there we go like that's possible like uh, the, the 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 kind of the the best example that comes to my mind is uh, indoor and uh, i don't know how is it called but uh, they give they actually give nutrients to the plants through water i think yeah Right, so you don't even need yeah. need land. You just give the plants water and nutrient. Is indoor. There's no insects. So actually, zero harm there. Completely zero harm. You also recycling the water, so you know using water. You know, like it's the best option we have. Right, um, and you could argue, ah, oh, but you don't know if you can do this all the time. Right, right. That's right. We don't know, and you also cannot do regenerative regenerative animal farming all the time. But if you use that argument, then we need to take the same example that kind of has yeah, the yeah, same yeah. value, right? Yeah. Uh, and so, if we have these two options, is it not cruel to abuse and murder animals? Yeah. Well, I said to someone, I said to someone before, uh, with the crop death argument, I said. Okay, let's flip the situation around. So you, let's just say you chop cow's heads off and I kill an insect in the production of a tomato. And you're saying that's the same thing. So let's spin it round. You know, you look over your fence and I'm, I'm chopping a dog into pieces. And then you say, stop chopping the dog up. And I'll say, no, you've just killed a butterfly with your hose, with your hose pipe, you know what I mean? You've, you've just trod on a worm by accident so i'm gonna chop this dog into pieces so when you mm -hmm. flip it around and put them in the situation of the yeah. of, of the, the 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 indirect killing to us in the violent position all of a sudden then it seems a little bit ridiculous you know what i mean yeah 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 of course 100 percent. like um Oh uh, yeah, because I, I think I didn't say that in the beginning. But yeah, the 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 point with the regenerative regenerative mm. animal farming is that there supposedly there wouldn't be accidental crop deaths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But even with that, I think apart from the fact that it's it's not um practically possible because we don't have enough space to do that, and and you cannot do that everywhere. Right, you don't have that perfect situation everywhere where cows can go free like that. Um, 
but also you will have to do uh, artificial insemination, you know, so you're raping them to control the breeding and amount of cows that you're going to have. So the moment you see animals as products, they're going to, that's going to be some practice that goes against their will because you're trying to create the products and you need to control the, the, the quality, the quantity of products that you have. And you don't respect the will of the individual. You're just thinking about producing something for your own, own yeah. benefit, right? Uh, and then on the other side, this, this is where things don't make sense. And, and the only, and the only thing that one can think of is that this person is lying is that you go to her account and she's, and she is uh, teaching people how to be a carnivore at McDonald's. Like, what are the best choices to do at McDonald's? At McDonald's, like, yeah. So, so, so it's someone who's promoting so you, health you, and then and then posting things about McDonald's breakfast. Crazy. Yeah, exactly. And it's crazy. Apart, apart that, it's crazy. Yeah, exactly. To promote McDonald's meat as a, as a healthy choice, healthy choice when we know like McDonald's kind of always trying to stay within the limits of the law to when it comes to chemical and toxic stuff, you know, just stay just below yeah. the line, you know? Yeah. And, um, but also, also all your regenerative thing concepts goes out of the window, right? Because McDonald's is probably one of the biggest sellers of meat and they need the most quantity. Yeah. They, they, they definitely using intensive, intensive farms and they use crops so don't you see the hypocrisy in what you're saying absolutely bonkers mate moving on to activism um because i went to touch on that earlier and i didn't manage to touch on it when you got into activism uh have you built a bit of confidence now are you going out quite often and also have you had any positive or negative um reactions you know from the public um so yeah like i remember in the beginning when when all this happened i was in a small city in italy and i and i really wanted to get out there and do activism but i knew that if i had to do it there i would have i would have had to do it by myself which was something that i wanted to do just go get out there and interview people um interview people about veganism but i didn't want to start like that i wanted to to a more comfortable situation to get started and and that's what what i say to everyone to participate to animal rights events close to your city so you can meet more people and um you can feel supported and you can build up confidence in putting yourself out there and uh, talking about this uh, this controversial topic that is going to put yourself in uncomfortable uh, conversations sometimes. So, so yeah, I, I definitely had to go this process of feeling uh, uncomfortable and a bit scared of doing it, but I took it step by step. So I started to, to join the group. I was listening to uh, at first to their conversations and I, I listened to a lot of debates from other activists like Joy Carbs from Ethling Ed. So I build up my confidence that way. And uh, then I start having conversation, right? So if you, uh, if you're someone that 
it's scared to do it, just take it step by step, get out, make, make small steps out of your comfort zone. And uh, eventually um, you get stronger and stronger, right? Because you don't defeat fear without facing it. Mm. Okay. Um, so, and, and also the most, I believe that, uh, one of the most frustrating things for vegans that actually want to make a change is not doing activism because I'm, I'm apart from, it seems to me that it seems to me that most vegans, they, they cannot, um, they, 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 they oh, don't do much do. progress. Yeah. No, I mean, they don't do much progress within their friends and family circle. Like most of the time, friends and family uh, just rather be a hypocrite. They don't understand. They don't want to change. They're selfish. All of this stuff, all of this stuff is tradition. So, and what happens is you're frustrated. You, 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 you live in a world where you think no one understands it. But when you start doing activism, talk with people in the street, you meet other more people, more people like you, more people that actually <laughs> they, 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 they want to, they want to change and you change them. So that, that makes, that gives you that feeling of community and tribe, uh, and inspires you to keep going as well, of course, as uh, meeting other like-minded individuals that, you know, other people doing yeah. activism with you. Uh, but it, it, you definitely get more optimistic. The negative the negative part is that I think when I did start doing activism, I really thought that it was, it was all about showing people the truth, you know, like, look, look, like you, you, I know you care about animals, but this is what happens. Have you ever stopped for a second and look how these animals are suffering? Right. I thought that stopping it and looking at, pigs being gassed alive and screaming for the life would be a realization for, for most people just like me. Um, and I would never expect to, to encounter so many people making all of these, um, all of these arguments like plants feel pain and, uh, the best, the best way to, to care about animals is, uh, killing animals because, uh, because vegans kill animals through crop deaths. I never thought so many people would go, would go their way. I realized that many people are just very weak to change. They might really understand the thing, but they don't change because they're scared of being different in their friend circles of stuff like that on, you know, just selfish. So in the beginning, I, it started that I was, it started with a lot of positivity. I thought, I thought I would have, I would change the world, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm probably making a positive change for sure. But if I have to be honest with you, I don't believe, I'm, I'm not sure if I believe in, in these vegan world that, um, we all often uh, say and, and talk about, I don't know. I don't know. So that's the negative part. I kind of yeah lost a bit of faith. 
Yeah. Well, I, I just think that there's just more information to come out. And when, when you know, five years ago, someone might turn around and say, um, you know, you can't get protein. Now you know you can. Then they might turn around and say, you need it for health and vitamins. Now they know that you can live without it. So I think it will be step by step with just people understanding it more and being like, you know, okay, now I understand that I don't need it. I can get enough protein, blah, blah, blah. And then eventually more people are going to go through the door. Um, I know what you mean, though. It can feel, it can feel like a very isolated world. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, but, yeah, I you know, imagine that well, doing your activism has kind of... I think another thing that kind of made me understand that people don't don't care a lot about about others especially others that they cannot give you back like like animals is the new argument about um gender identity and uh transgenderism i i i've seen this topic explode they explode and yeah. from zero and I'm, I'm, I'm like why people care so much about this you know what i mean and uh so that's why and i, I actually i think maybe even, even though we are we're making progress i feel like we were talking less about veganism maybe there was a boom few years ago and now it's not that like there was there was a more activists going into um into television, especially in the UK, was happened yeah. pretty often. Like Joe Carpstra, multiple time, Earthling Ed, and that one. Now I feel like it's happening. It's happening less than a few years yeah. ago. I think. I think the puppets on the TV, you know, like the reporters. I think they're uh, making themselves look like fools or hypocrites, contradicting themselves. And then the people in charge <laughs> are like, okay, we <laughs> we can't really be airing that anymore because um, they're coming on here and debunking everything we say. So I think that's one of the reasons because, yeah, you can't, yeah. You can't be argued with really, can it? You got Earthling Ed, you know, on, on, on BBC talking to someone. They're going to stand no chance. Um, and I think that's why they yeah. put an end to it, to be honest, yeah. mate. Yeah. But, um, but now, mate, it's been nearly an hour and ten, so better wrap it up, mate. And um, just before we go, mate, what, what do you eat in a day, man? You hit 120, 110 gram of protein. You're on nearly 3,000 calories or thereabouts. What do you fuel your body with to build such a great physique? So uh, what we eat. So we have um, peanut butter sandwich in the morning with two bananas. Love it. Then we have a uh, tofu sandwich. So a whole block is 250 grams of, of tofu uh, with two buns. And two tomatoes, and that's my lunch. Then my snack is is the same. So it's a peanut butter sandwich with um, with more fruit. I do I do leave a lot of space for for fruits because just just like to eat during the day. And uh, fruit is the best because it's low in calories and and it's a good quantity. And the Spanish fruit tastes so, better than our fruit as well. And uh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> and so my, and then my and then my last meal is um is um a soup that's they say is my most nutrition meal and I have 
lentils, um, now mixed vegetables, and now I have kale, asparagus, broccoli, potatoes, and uh, and red peppers. So I also add uh, hemp seeds and nutritionalist on this meal as well, mm-hmm. and I will have it with some with some grain, whether it is rice, pasta, or or bread. And that's my day of eating. And I eat the same every day, basically. But from Saturday, it's my cheat day. Um, and I will have whatever. Usually a pizza. Yeah, something a bit naughty. Now, mate, it's good to see that you, you're hitting your calories, hitting your macros, and not having to resort to protein shakes. Um, and to build a physique like yours without that is, is quite mad. So uh, big respect, man. Sounds good. Yeah, sweet mate, and I'll make sure that if I'm in Spain at any point, I'll come and do some muscle ups with you on the beach, man. Uh, <laughs> Let's do it. You should, man. Everyone that comes to Malaga loves it. The sun, um, you know, the, the, what's what's going on around here is amazing. Yeah, mate, buzzing. And um, if you're ever over here again, pop down for some food. If you ever find yourself in the uh, worst Birmingham. part of the country, yeah. <laughs> No, it's not, mate. Uh, yeah, thanks for <laughs> You're welcome, man. You're welcome. Same, mate. Thanks a lot. Take it easy.